It's a special day in the calendar year for anyone involved loosely with the United States, which means it's time for the show that proves fighting is way easier outside of the cage, sometimes in parliamentary procedure. I am your host, Kevin Phillips. With me, the dejected George's St. Pierre, longtime guest and best friend of the podcast. GSP, I need you to come on out, please. No, I will not. I, so we've got a vote of confidence problem. GSP, you need to speak your mind. You are a national treasure, and we want you to deliver the State of the Union, State of the Podcast address, whatever, State of the Pod tonight, no, here, I now. No, my GSP is too hurt. Is this because of the Reddit comment? There was, look, I know Dana White cares about Reddit. I know the president does. GSP doesn't care about Reddit. No, that is untrue. GSP cares about everything. So you might say that your feelings are hurt. Nah, God, GSP is great. <laughs> it's look, Canadians don't always have our sensibilities in terms of the anger nah. that we carry God. as a as it's a brutal so nation. GSP, it, you, you said that I was a national treasure, but I am from Tunisia. Yes, no, <laughs> you are from your nationals treasure. Thank you. Uh, plural. And you are, without a doubt, one of the most genuine champions. And in such a, a, a long window that I think it's only fitting that you bedamned the haters. You speak into the mic and you tell them, first, GSP's here to stay. And second, about the state of the pod for 2017. I mean, it was fine. Okay, I will try. I went to uh, GSP. 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 I'll go find you know some five star reviews on iTunes about you. You do the you do the, the state of the. You block. know how to speak to GSP's uh, heart. I went to okay. <clears throat> GSP is coming back uh, around again, like a, a Rage Against the Machine song. Yes, no. All right. Here was the comment that was made about GSP. It said uh, a comment for uh, hey, who wants to listen to podcasts for uh, BJJ? And someone said. If you like not being able to tell the difference between a blue belt's voice and a purple belt's voice, shout out to overdone GSP impersonation. Yes, no. Oh, they gave you a yes, no on that. That's just. Well, I have one comment for you. No. GSP, the state of the verbal tap is strong. We have many imports like MMA imports, which is where we get all of our fake news. Also, the state of Kevin's voice is uh, very different from the other brown one. I'm the one with no flavor whatsoever in his voice, as Octavio would put it. Uh, That is uh, very funny to hear that GSB does not know who (laughs) Octavio is or will be. I'll explain it later. Thank you very much. Please make sure to put that on the uh, notes for next time for GSB, as time is more important than no name. GSP's feelings could have been hurt. Yes, no, but I say this to you. If you are looking to come on the Verbal Tap podcast, maybe try not to insult the GSP because uh, if uh, you ask me this uh, comment here, it reads like someone who wants to be on our show. And uh, judging by the white belt on... uh, their flair 
it's easy to see they're not just white belt in jujitsu, but also white belt in commentary. GSP is out. Ew. I drop and get out. The state of the pod with GSP officially in the books for 20. I can't wait till 2019. You know what? Oh, God. GSP is feeling overdone still. No, GSP, please keep going. I will get brick of him and throw it to the river. And I have not done that since Matt Sarah. (laughs) Not crying for me. Is that that life for GSP? I might take four to six years off of of fighting for that. So thank you all. The state of GSP is very strong. It's like. Sad yeah. MMA Groundhog Day. <laughs> as, as we say goodbye to GSV uh, in one really upsetting ole, ole, ole. Look, I sound authoritative, sneakily good-looking or not, as I found out via some harsh criticism on the internet. Harsh-loving, actually. It was a uh, backhand. With me now, Rafa Sparza, who's going to help me break down a lot of topics. Sure. Rap, don't you feel like uh, you sound different and we say each other's names? <laughs> Consistently. I, I, I want to point this out. <clears throat> GSP, uh, he was crying on the way out of here. I was looking at him. I just – I love more than anything uh, when people have insights as to uh, the the shows because they, they make notes on all the other shows as well, not just ours. And uh, there's pretty, one person that said ones in the mix, they said sadly. there's a pretty good rundown. Honestly, I appreciated the guests on Grappling Central, but after a while, the syncopity, uh, whatever, it's a million dollar word here. Uh, <laughs> the syncopancy got a little annoying. Inside BJJ was fun, but their shtick gets old. That part's true. Uh, listen, I mean, you can go around and shit on <laughs> all parts, shows. and we will have have been doing. Won't stop. I like this. This is honestly a really accurate description of all these podcasts. I've stopped listening. Oh, I'm sorry. I stopped. It says I have, as in I've, stopped listening. Uh, I mean, it's better to say stopped. But you know what? Who's to critique who here? Uh, but I've stopped listening to most of them for most of the reasons you've listed here. Thanks for not being specific, by the way. Thanks for driving I- me crazy with almost all of them. <laughs> Nonsense. Like, yeah, I these just, all suck. Except secretly, one's cool, and I'm not going to tell you. I just, I love the fact that at the very end of this, you know, you get those people who go, "Oh God, they just asked this question a month ago." They do this all the time on Reddit. Nobody gives a fuck about the post that goes up. You know, two what weeks I, ago, was, they care about the now, Kevin. We didn't even play the We Reddit music that we haven't created yet. This is technically spilled over into an edition of We Reddit. I just where... I find it interesting that when you get these comments, and we take it a good stride, but I like the oh, We Were Messaged, and somebody uh, threw it at us as if to be like, oh, hey, don't you like this? And I was like, yeah, this is a cat dropping on my door. What do you want I will from admit. Us? Didn't realize person commenting was person that dropped it off <laughs> until I oh, yeah. visited it. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, first of all, thank you. Because we definitely would not have seen this. I wouldn't have. Raph, I don't know. No, honestly, I, I haven't checked Reddit in a while. Because Reddit, as we know, is filled with everyone's promotion pictures. Well, 
Reddit uh, was fun before the Trump presidency, and now I'm like living it with the New York Times. It's like all set. I got like the weirdest shit cover page. No time to dive into if JFK was assassinated by multiple people and backwards, right? Like that's the other downside. I mean, here's the nice part about it is uh, Kevin and I created this podcast because we knew there was a void uh, in the jiu-jitsu world. So we understand, oh, shit, dude. Yeah, it, it sucks when uh, you don't have the show that you want to hear. But having said that, um, you know, if you don't like us, go make one of your own. But guess what? You won't because you suck. So, oops. You, you and Gary <laughs> Tonin have a lot Listen, to say Gary Tonin called me up one time and he was going to do a podcast and I told him, for the love of God, don't. And I encourage you all, if there is a missing void in jiu-jitsu, do it. But I tell you, and this, Kevin will back me up on this. Every person who says they want to do a podcast, I ask them one question. What makes you different? Mm-hmm. And everybody gets really angry at me for suggesting, like, how dare you? Me and my friends talk after class and we're, we're always so- there. Funny. We're so funny. Oh, really? Are you? Okay. Uh, and I just ask him, I'm like, if you have a hook, if you have something that makes you different, do it. However, most people don't. And it's that passion that keeps you making and producing these shows. And uh, of the shows that are mentioned, I mean, you know, a lot of these guys, they suck, but at least they put out a lot of episodes. Like Inside BJJ has 300 episodes. They're not any good, but they show up. Inside what? (laughs) Penetrated BJJ, sorry. Uh, Grappling Central. You know, Ryan does as well as he can. He was born a poor black child. And he was raised in Atlanta, right? Like, I mean, he's doing his best. He's he's working it out and he's making a life for himself. Uh, I just want to tell you guys this. I'm thoroughly entertained by this. But. There's one thing that if you do this, uh, we have a microphone and we get to go last. So (laughs) (laughs) this is our version of uh, fun state of the union roasts with we read it. Raph, a lot has gone on. I'm a changed man from the last time we spoke. I'm a different human being. Got to do some commentary with Blue Corner. Ultimate absolute called fights, including Hanato Tavares. Josh Near pushing someone off stage that, frankly, if we had been in a platform, would have gotten the Wagner Roca treatment, I think. Oh, no. But because we were flat on the ground, not as bad. <laughs> so, some crazy moments, a lot that I need to uh, improve upon, and a lot I think that went well. So, great takeaways on both sides. But I can't wait to do it again. You were right about that fact. You and I had some fun conversations about commentary and calling a live event is a merger of a lot of the things that we've spent a long time working towards and with. And it's a rush. I had a blast doing it. So thank you to T-Money, Octavio, who's a simple delight, by the way. (laughs) Can you qualify that because i thought i heard it a certain way what a lovely human being he just always has this nice calming presence he uh (laughs) never loses his cool never starts screaming aggressively i've met producers and cameramen camera ladies that struggle sometimes not to maintain that composure don't when i work with you like (laughs) no like i'm gonna tell you like i'm gonna cue you in like one two (laughs) dress and then that's when you go in like 
He sent no? me a very nice message about how it was like working with a friend. It's like, well, I've heard Raph do your voice enough that it really felt familiar to me. I was oh, pretty no. comfortable. The, that was the wrong white person comment. The impression. <laughs> not, not, I didn't say this to him. I'm saying you have done his voice many times. You have <laughs> impersonated Octavio. Here, which is just as bad, if not worse. I struggle to hear it when Nate Diaz does it. I struggle now. Wow. Uh, it was just so familiar with uh, with the Octaves. Wow. But he did uh, give yeah, me yeah. great advice. He was like, would people call him Octavio? He's like, yeah, you guys have no flavor. <laughs> Well, so, I mean, all right. <laughs> to be fair, that. it's a, it's a slightly a... unusual name. I feel like, you know, you do tongue twisters. Uh, I feel like this is a tongue twister for white people where you go, this is his name. Could you just read it? Octavio. Mm. Octavia. Octavia. Is that bad? Is that what that is? No, it's <laughs> a, a fake sugar, I think. It is a fake sugar. Um, Octavio did, uh, I'm sure, an amazing job for you because he always pulls through for us. He is uh, a very hardworking guy, but he is also the person who famously once, when he didn't have a mechanism that was plugged into my ear, like he couldn't talk directly to me when we were doing one broadcast and he was trying to play the world's worst game of charades to try and act out what was happening. (laughs) And I just looked at him with utmost sincerity and said, can you write it down? And he waved me off. And he kept trying to act it out. But then he started to mouth the words like, no, fool. Like, this is how it is. And this over here. So Eric is going to go over this way. And I go, oh, my God. It's, it, he's acting out not a phrase. He's acting out a paragraph. It's not how charades works, kid. Anyway. <laughs> uh but uh, so the event was amazing. Well, he um, did write something down for me. So what did he you're write rubbing down off. Now you just made a note as we were talking about John Hansen that he won yeah. the absolute and Nogi absolute earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a good thing to just make sure I uh, punched into the broadcast. But I really wish he had tried to act it out. Now, now that I know that was on the table. Well, he then fun. tried yelling at me as if it was my fault. He's like, fool, I tried telling you. And I was like, what did you try telling me? And he goes, I was trying to tell you. So basically, like, Eric is going to, like, have a match. But, like, I was telling you the exact way it came about. And I was like, no. <laughs> you could write that down. And he just goes, no, it wouldn't be the same. So that's the kind of producers uh, you uh, you can always know and trust. Kev, when you were out there, though, what surprised you about this event, uh, other than uh, a possible giant fight breaking out? Yeah, that was a surprise. There was also a moment where Octavio put the camera on us, and a young child from the stage came running at us, screaming and pointing, like out of a just out of a real horror movie. All of a sudden, a child emerges from the darkness, just like ah, and pointing. He was trying to explain that we were on the big screen. It was adorable, but I was <laughs> petrified. Not what surprised me most, just probably the most shocking moment in terms of sheer outside of the sport. Kansas City surprised me the most. The crowd was ready. They were buzzing. They were there, and they were into it. Whenever the crowd's that much into it, it's pretty easy to be part of the broadcast. And i got to tell you, I've been to a lot of grappling events, and the, that can be really... 
difficult or there's really no not that many people watching. In this case, we were fortunate it was a lot of people watching, and there was great intensity. There were really fast matches, and that kind of kept the pace going, and the fighters were just – there was a hunger to the Midwest Harris Casino ballroom. Harris and I need to talk about some buffet things, but that's a separate podcast, <laughs> so we'll do that later with our gripes with uh, Second Rate Casino. Buffets treated me very well on the uh, Game of Thrones slot machine. Right? <laughs> and I'm just going to drop that quick nugget. My family wow. came up. So in between the tournament and the super fights and when I had to be there, we just walked around the casino, played a little bit of games, had some buffet. It was lovely. It was crab night. Uh, that's <laughs> always good at the buffet. I had a, I guess, and you had alluded to this, but I was surprised at how addictive that is. Mm-hmm. That is also, and there's my my top four. The event was a blast. I really enjoyed getting to see and meet a lot of the fighters. Got to call some fights with Joe the Nose Wilk because we mm. were on a carousel. Ethan had to coach a lot of people, so mm. Wilk would emerge like a ninja from wherever he was backstage side. As soon as Ethan got up, Joe was there. He ended up calling the last few fights with me. Jason Bircher from KCBJJ stopped by. Mm. All three of those guys and Ethan Day, they're just all three smart jujitsu minds. And, you know, it's fantastic to be able to cycle in, randomly see Joe the Nose Wilk. It's like, oh, you've done commentary for uh, everything. Sit down. No problem. Happy to do it. He got kicked in the face, by the way, at a grappling tournament. So if you can figure that out. (laughs) He was coaching and somehow got just straight up kicked in the face during a roll. He had that look like... Are you shitting me? First of all, there's no kicking. So why is that happening? Second, he came back and was like, uh, how did you get kicked in these face? Like, man, they find me at these things. <laughs> it's like, it made it sound like it had happened before. Pretty cool. <laughs> had a blast. You, you and I have a lot to talk about otherwise, though. Yes. So strap on your unbelievable, just unbelievable north-south jiu-jitsu underwear that's snug keeps you athletic maybe even makes your hips work a little bit better than they would in just those ratty hanes you know what i'm talking about you feel that flexibility and that safety just where do we get these uh north-south jiu-jitsu underwear on you boom north-south jiu-jitsu underwear raph i gotta hear Mm. about ufc what what happened with Drew Dober? I saw, I'm happy to announce, got a victory. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like it was a big win for jiu-jitsu because so did Jacare. I don't want to talk about this yet. Really? Mm-mm. Interesting. Do you need some time to cope with what happened? or? No, yeah, I mean, we're, we're over that. Uh, you know what I want to talk about. You badly want to talk about Royal Rumble, I assume? Yes. Okay. <laughs> There's, I wasn't sure if it was the UFC and Bellator ratings on our list of discussion topics, but I'm glad it's Royal Rumble. That was a, that's what I was guessing between. Like, how is this not like we've gone this many minutes on the show, and you've been rude enough not to bring it up. Nineteen. You were rude enough not to bring. Well, yeah. okay, who's counting? But you were rude enough not to bring it up to GSP, which I thought was faulty. I, and yes, I, I was listening in, even though I, I don't know how I would, but I was <laughs> through the third feed. Well, we were airing I, it on Reddit. 
Okay, what happened and what what happened? Tell the people for the eight percent of us that weren't watching. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Eight percent of you. I would say awareness for what happened at the Royal Rumble is very high, especially amongst the mixed martial arts community. You could easily be talking about the historic thirty women. Royal Rumble for the very first time, which uh, we'll get back to in a second. You could be talking about the stiff nature in which Brock Lesnar was uh, hitting Ron Strawman, which I know you saw and you had questions about. You could even be talking about the return entry of one Rey Mysterio Jr., who people love, Kevin. They love him when he showed up in the men's 30-man Royal Rumble. But there's one moment everybody was talking about, Kev, and that was the debut of Ronda Rousey at WWE. Kev, ask me why I'm excited. Why are you excited about this? Because nothing is more entertaining than watching dudes cry about wrestling. Specifically, dudes who are angry that the Me Too movement, quote unquote, spilled over into their pro wrestling. There were some who felt that the women's Royal Rumble, which closed the show, by the way, they had two Royal Rumbles, one for men, one for women. The women's closed the show over the men's, which went like middle of the card. Unheard of, Kevin. How dare they? But people were saying, I'm so tired of the societal change and essentially the social justice warriors making women so that they go last. I think that they're bowing to society's pressure and they're basically taking away a man's right to do things. And I say to this, Kev, you know, women truly deserve the opportunity to have a boring Royal Rumble as well. That's when equality will happen. <laughs> but here's why they did that. There's never anything you do without reason. So there's got to be a catalyst for why they would do that. We go into great depths on this on the next episode of uh, heel section which by the way now is on itunes guys what? go there and listen to that it's a good one it's a very good episode where we break down all of the details of the royal rumble but i want to harp on this because people were so angry about that to begin with then when ronda rousey shows up you know those internet trolls that showed up for her fights who hate her they showed back up and you know what's weird kevin breaking kayfabe ronda rousey was selling fights yeah. Okay. When she was selling, she was one of the highest pay-per-view draws in the UFC. And she would build that drama. But people didn't like it when she didn't shake hands and she didn't like doing the media. And uh, she's a bitch because – but I love the Diaz brothers where they're inconsistent and it does show some sort of bias. Uh, or at least one where people aren't being consistent with their views of what a fighter should be. Because maybe we're not used to having women uh, be prominent fighters. Okay, that's just a guess. Or they just think she's a bitch, period. Insert whatever thing you want there. Those people who were waiting for her to debut were trying to shit on it already. And they were saying that it wasn't good. False. It was very good. They brought her in after they did the Royal Rumble. So the idea was maybe she'll be a surprise entrant. And then when she wasn't a surprise entrant, people go, I knew she wouldn't be in it. <laughs> Losers. Then they have the Royal Rumble. Somebody wins it. She shows up after that and just points to the WrestleMania sign. And as she's doing it, she can't help but have a shit-eating grin. Afterwards, she 
you know, she kind of like shakes Stephanie McMahon's hand and it's a lot of nonverbal communication. But she also was wearing Roddy Roddy Piper's jacket. And people are saying she's wearing the stupid jacket that's too big for her. Yeah, it fit a dude, kind of the person who gave her her nickname. So good job, asshole. And then you have the people who say, well, she can't act. Yeah, we know that. I've seen a Fast and a Furious. No. Well, come on. Yeah, she's not very good. She's not very good. (laughs) But did she create a moment? Yup. Did it go and trend worldwide? Yup. Is that going to keep the WWE in the papers? Yes. Does the UFC now have two of their biggest draws of all time on pay-per-view now in the WWE? Yes. With probably Conor McGregor on retainer, if we're being honest. (laughs) So now if you think about that and you think about this one really cool aspect, which is they have a Women's Royal Rumble, finally. They let it close the event. And now there may be a new generation of little girls who might see Ronda Rousey and get excited that they can main event a WrestleMania. I think that's pretty cool. However, she's a bitch. So there is that, according to the Internet, because people were chiming in and saying, well, you know, she got beat. Yeah, she got beat. But she also took silver at the Olympics, which is no slouch. Also, she kind of made women's MMA in the UFC. So, oops, I just think of it like this. The people who are the most upset by her are also the people who probably bought into the WWE aspect of it and got really angry at all the things that she did. And yet now she's in the perfect venue for that, Kev. And I think it's fascinating. She might crash and burn in here. It's not easy to live in that world. She might have terrible promos. But you know who else has terrible promos in the UFC and in the WWE? 90% of the people, if we're being honest. Most people are terrible on the microphone. Um, But she plays with that. She plays into the mean girls aspect. And, you know, now we're at a point where she said something that I thought was really cool, Kev. And I want to bring this to your attention. But she said, I can finally have fun in a post-interview. When I used to go fight, I would just be in the space where I'm just going to fight and I have to win. And I could never enjoy it. I went out here and I was smiling the whole time and I couldn't contain myself because I didn't have to worry about that anymore. I could just enjoy the moment and this is awesome. Well, that is pretty cool. Uh, I'm still a huge Ronda Rousey fan. Mister in the UFC, I understand. I get that. It looks like more fun. You go, girl. <laughs> well, do we want to now get to the point where we can make jokes about her? I mean, in the yeah, you've made a plethora of memes that I think are going to work for some of the activity <laughs> in terms of what uh, her point did for your creative inspiration. Well, because like the Undertaker is somebody who points, and he's supposed to not make a lot of words, so that makes sense. Ronda Rousey just pointing up at a sign makes it look like she's confused or that she found, uh, you know, Carmen San Diego all of a sudden. I just want to put it like this, though. They had to give the exclusive passages to the WWE. So they asked her about her loss or her losses to both Holly and Amanda. And she said, I would rather not talk about that. So whether that's continuing a storyline and her playing into it, whatever. I just thought it was kind of weak where I'm like, "Eh, you know, you've had time. Like you could come up with an answer like it sucked. Next question. Uh, But the, the bigger one was. 
they said, are you retired? And she goes, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people like to use the word R, the R word around me, but I never really retired from judo. So, you know, I guess if that's what people want to think, then that's what it is, which is her way of getting around saying, so you're retired from fighting. And they kind of followed up on it again. And she said, well, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't put it against me to ever see me fight again. So who knows? Which is nicely straddling that same line that Brock seemed to take where he just goes, I'm going to do whatever I want and have fun. I'll tell you this much, Kev. I think it's fascinating for the WWE. I think it'll it'll avail itself. It's going to be a big thing. Whatever she does at WrestleMania, it'll be big. If it crashes and burns, so what? But if they came up to me or you, Kevin, let's say you, because I think most people know what I would do. If they said, Kev, guess what? You get to headline a WrestleMania. Would you do it? Yeah. Are you kidding? Why? You hate wrestling. So it's fantastic. You the show, there's an energy and uh, an opportunity to that. That, first of all, I assume, I mean, even if they didn't pay me the PR alone when I wore a verbal yeah. tap shirt, because there's right. no working way I'm going out there if they're not paying me and I'm not going to PR myself. And where can you buy verbal tap shirts? Verbaltapcast.com for all your needs. <laughs> That's the slickest one we've done yet. Be like, how are you going to win this? It's like, well, first, I'm going to go to verbaltapcast.com. I'm going to buy a shirt. I'm going to come out here and stamp ass. Uh, it's, I would, yeah, jump on that in a heartbeat. I mean, that's the part in any of this. I, I always get surprised, but I think in terms of her career progression, it's like she fought a lot early. You know, she's not, she's not dumb. She knows the math is you're probably not going to get better at fighting the older you get. And the opponents aren't going to get worse the older you get they seem to be keeping getting tougher so i i have a fun decision for her we Can we I, had some time to know this was happening right yeah i mean they've kind of teased it um it makes perfect sense she's a actual fan uh she does watch she's a presence in the pro wrestling community Shayna baszler who is famously on the ultimate fighter who's part of her four horse women uh crow or stable if you would um she uh, she goes to a lot of her wrestling, and she's in the WWE right now. So, yeah, it all checks out. It all makes sense, dude. And uh, I, I just want to say this as well. You know, they give her the opportunity to probably be a giant presence at WrestleMania. It'll get a lot of eyeballs. Um, and I think that when she's mentioning all these things in these interviews, you know, those are the things we can make fun of. Um but yeah, having here, you know, hearing her say that she never really got to have fun, it kind of puts it in perspective. It's kind of why you see GSP retire and people go, I don't understand why you would do that. Well, GSP was saying it's a lot of stress to keep that belt, to be that superstar, to be that dangerous all the time. There's only a handful of people who really know what that's like. People want to give shit to Conor McGregor and say, well, you know, he's not a true fighting champion. He's resting on a lot of money right now. Like, he doesn't give a fuck what you're typing. Like, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't care. So, yeah, I mean, let the people talk. And if they give you those opportunities, have fun. Um, and it also puts the UFC, I well, more so the WWE, in, a, in an interesting place. Because Dana was saying that he was very confident they'll get Brock Lesnar to come fight in 2018, which is interesting because he's under contract to the WWE that let him on loan once for UFC 200. Plus there's that whole steroid thing. Yikes. And the fact that the WWE 
his contract ends with them, I think, pretty soon in the next few months. And before, he had a great piece of the leveraging pie where he could say, well, I'm your biggest draw. Not so much anymore. (laughs) So his fate may be tied into this as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the world of professional wrestling as it relates to one mixed martial arts. But uh, don't be surprised if you see her doing judo shit and breaking people's arms if I were a guessing person. And uh, maybe she'll make an appearance at the EBI. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You, you asked. You're like, does this get her closer to grappling? And I was like, uh. hey, there's always an opportunity, even when there's sadness. It's like, oh, I'm losing my favorite MMA fighter to what else? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Rhonda shows up at the end of Metamorphs 20 and just like points. Yeah, that's how you bring Metamorphs back right there. There it is. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I'd watch that. Okay. Get that live stream. There's a lot to unpack. I'm excited to see the next phase, which is her actually fighting and like the persona and sort of what's next. That'll be pretty fun. Obviously, she's you know just going to do a variation of Ronda, but look oh, forward. Definitely, she gonna do her. She gonna do her. Are you ready to move to any other topics? Oh yeah, let's talk about our good friend Drew Dover now that I've Drew talked about. Dover. The you saw these fights, correct? I watched them all live and in real time. Z's. That was uh, true. How was our friend? It was nerve wracking, if I'm being honest. Uh oh, fights a tough Frank Camacho. It was. Uh, I thought first round Frank won. Second round Drew came back strong. The third round seemed kind of up for grabs, and I thought both of them had. Uh, very strong showings and drew even went up to uh i believe uh, camacho and said you know hey it's anybody's game i don't know how it's gonna go and uh there was a little bit of booze and then drew in his true like you and i know him way just goes i just want to thank you guys for letting me come out here and fight uh man you get i mean i know you guys may not like me but I went out there and we both tried to beat each other up for for your viewing pleasure and we we hope you guys enjoyed it and we put on a good fight. So the crowd immediately goes from sourpuss to uh, fuck right. you, Drew, with your pretty right. face. <laughs> so did it. Uh, well, not so no. pretty anymore. Yeah, uh, those fights. No, I mean he had a he had a good fight. It was very entertaining. I believe he ended up getting fight of the night as well. So Damn. it was good. That's not bad. I'll take it. Yep. Hey, go, Mr. Dober. Um, well, let's cruise around this main card. Mm. Gregor Gillespie gets a TKO. Yes. Round one. Looks like right at the yep. end of it. Nice. Uh, I mean, all, all around, those fights were pretty tepid, if we're being honest. Uh, it was Until kind of low rated. Uh, I don't really want to get too dour on that one. But uh, it was okay. So Jacare, I want to go there. And go yeah. Back well, Touchy Feely wins. Let's go to Jacare. Yeah, I mean Touchy Feely had a fine. It was fine. Jacare, I was getting worried because as we last left off with him, it was getting a little dire to the point where I think, shit, is he done? He lost to Robert Whitaker. <laughs> Robert Whitaker, and I felt like it derailed it. And that was back in April. And we hadn't seen him since. Uh, and he was having a rematch with Derek Brunson. 
who I think was filling in. Uh, but they made this whole thing out to say, nah, you know, I'm a changed fighter because the UFC hype machine has to figure out a way to promote this fight. And he goes, I'm not going to just go in there and be stupid and make the same mistakes. I'm a more mature fighter now. And they're like, whoa, cool. You know, that first fight he lost in 37 seconds to Jacare knocking him out. And this time it took like two and a half minutes, Kevin. So, yeah, he was a way more mature fighter. That was one of the comments they made. They go, oh, he's way pacing himself out. And it's true. He was. And then the same result, except this time Jacare uh, finished him with a head kick to begin. And then that kind of look at the ref like, do I need to keep? OK, I'll keep hitting him. Uh <laughs> But it was it was impressive, man, and it it felt good to see Jacques Array do his thing, uh, and and to be so so impactful. Because again, now we're what at the middleweight division where nobody knows what the fuck's happening. Bisping's trying to retire. He's trying to have a fight with Rashad Evans, which barring Vitor is probably going to retire. He thought he was going to get a fight with. Bisping, though apparently he didn't take a fight <laughs> when he lost Uriah Hall. So Dana didn't give him his to show money. Uh, you've got Robert Whitaker who's out. It's a mess, Kev. That whole division right now. I, d- I don't know what to do with it. I am excited to see what they decide to title fight out after everyone's retired. Does like, we do still have a middleweight division? We swear. And we don't currently know who's the champion. So just give us a minute to sort that out. Hey, it's time for their own middleweight tournament. Look out. Maybe. I mean, why not? You know, it makes sense at this point for them to start saying, fuck it. Fuck you in your tournament, Bellator. (laughs) I like that. Fuck it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we anxiously await what the UFC does next (laughs) with the middleweights. (laughs) It's really anyone's guess. Any other fights worth throwing out on this one? Uh, okay. Uh, Gregor Gillespie, yeah, yeah, that was a fun one. Chufigan uh, one, just a cool name to say. Yes. Um, I mean, uh, our boy Vince Michelle, which I, I will say this. From watching Michelle. Drew Dober uh, uh, fight is uh, nerve-wracking. Uh, however, I also know Vince. Vince trains out here with our good friend Brian Peterson. And uh, I get to meet him and talk to him regularly, and he's a really down-to-earth, chill dude. But I was watching him as I was doing a podcast, and I look over to the side, and I go, oh, fuck. They're like, what? I thought they said something funny, and I go, no, 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 I'm just, I'm watching Vince. I'm just worried. Oh, he won. We're good. Yay, congratulations. (laughs) Those were the, the fights, in a nutshell. I'm always excited to hear Mr. Dober wins. Rap DC versus Stipe is a cool super fight. Mm. You immediately shat on the idea, which I kind of appreciated from a good perspective of where the hell does this put a lot of the titles? Would you like to share with the audience why you're uh, the 2018's Haterade sponsor for the, the 205 versus up 205? It's just rude. Would you like me to read the current champions in the UFC? Yes, please. Okay, here we go. Your champions are as follows. In the flyweight division, you have Demetrius Johnson. In the bantamweight, you have TJ Dillashaw. Now, 
the last time those two have fought was September for Demetrius and November for TJ. Oh, wait. What's next for both of those guys? Couldn't be a super fight right here. Uh-oh. Yeah, they're trying to make those two fight. Max Holloway is going to be fighting miraculously someone in his own division, though he was saying Connor anytime, any place, because everybody else is saying it. So he's got a fight with Frankie Edgar. That's coming up soon. Let's see what else is happening here. Connor McGregor and Tony Ferguson have a line drawn between them on this Wikipedia entry because they don't know who the real champ is. And it says here the last time Connor was fighting was November 12th, 2016, which last I checked was a calendar year and change ago. But if you want to say it's been two years, I mean, do what you want to. Tony Ferguson was last active October 7th, won that interim championship, which apparently is the real championship. He's going to fight Khabib, so that's a mess there. Uh, Tyrone Woodley last fought July 30th. I don't know what's going on there. Robert Whitaker. It been basically feuding since the UFC with the UFC since. Yep. Actually, Robert you've Whittaker named about four people currently feuding with the UFC. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Whitaker. Huh? Yeah. Robert Whitaker injured. So next week you've got uh, Go for Gay Jesus versus Luke Rockhold, and then for funsies, Kev, because Daniel Cormier has pretty much beaten everybody uh, who isn't named John Jones. Like, why not just match him up against somebody at heavyweight that we're like, well, is it really going to be Kane again? Fuck it. Let's make it interesting. Let's just make the two almost fattest people fight each other. They both have three defenses. Oh, That's a that lot. Would be, first of all, if they call it that, you'd be in. You would have been in if they called it the almost fattest championship. I mean, that is my weight class. <laughs> uh, well, almost obese is, is a closer description. But... Uh, that's what's happening there. Now, you may say to yourself, because I said, hey, Kev, they're going to try and make three super fights happen, right? Between championships. What if they, they could have a super fight championship round tournament? <laughs> <laughs> they just, everybody who has a championship gets entered. Everybody's <laughs> going to fight everybody. You've got a championship. You've got a championship. But we're missing one, right? Uh, who? We're missing the women's side. And guess what the next fight is for Cyborg? Amanda Nunes. So, yes, my friend, three super fights for a series of people who may or may not have interim titles. In the case of Robert Whitaker, they're like, well, we'll strip GSP and we'll make him. Oh, he's injured now? Shit. Okay, with Tony... Let's call him the real champ. But also with Connor, he's still champ because he holds the cards. Also pay-per-view. <gasps> Is he going to WWE? Shit. Everybody's a champion. That's my response to your question of, are you excited about this, Raph? Are you? Sure. It just highlights the problem that we always get into, which is this is why you have interim champions. This is what happens when everybody's complaining of like, wait, who's getting an interim and who's fighting for this and what's happening here? The UFC is just trying to make their company stay afloat. So the Stipe and Daniel Cormier is interesting for the fact that we get a full season of The Ultimate Fighter, which should be fun. And it's going to be all undefeateds. And uh, it's going to culminate in International Fight Week, which 
I guess is their best bet because normally that's saved for somebody like a John Jones, but you don't want to do that again, do you? <laughs> so I guess it makes sense. But at the same point, you know, on paper, I think, okay, yeah, Daniel Cormier is definitely uh, an interesting perspective or a person to throw at Stipe because of his wrestling. Uh, but he's also 39 and said, uh, come next May, I believe he's retiring no matter what at 40. What in, so what that. happens if Stipe wins then, I guess? Interesting, because um, it's not going to be at 205, right? It's going to be uh, probably... no. it, it, Listen, Daniel Cormier, in his infinite wisdom, said, I can eat. Yeah, I'm gonna go up. Thanks, that was dude. the end of the discussion. They were like, "Yeah, good. No, no paperwork needed." Okay, so this uh, fun fight, though, I am looking forward to this. I can't help but be excited to see if, you know, as we've seen, the only person that's really been able to beat Daniel Cormier is John Jones. Well, mm-hmm. John Jones is having some steroid dick pill problem situations. Whatever you want to call them. Sprinkled in with some cocaine and a healthy amount of loving to drive under the influence. Voila. Gets hard to count on him. Stipe has you a very... You sound like uh, a witch that's trying to basically ruin someone's life and they're making a giant potion of <laughs> put a little bit of DUIs too much with bone yeah. doesn't work and add a smidge of oh I'm a giant fuck up <laughs> can't wait till next Halloween taking it stealing it using it That's it's gonna be a new Disney movie it's actually the plot to Frozen 2 sorry to give that away guys there's a heavy amount of governmental messages in the next one <laughs> and there's Look, I'm just going to, no spoilers, they definitely get into the war on drugs as a way to imprison the minority population. (laughs) Look, Frozen 2 is not why we're here. No. We have more fights to discuss. Well, just two, hey, coming down to the end of our, look at us just hot topicing through this. This has been a blast. Mm -hmm. Raph and I only on the mic tonight enjoying it because there's so much going on and we're going to talk a little bit of Grammys here in a minute because I do want to talk Grammys with you. We're going to collectively get into some things, but we'll do that for, you know, people can go home, stop listening, but you know more people are probably going to be listening when we add Grammys to the end of this. But ratings for UFC and Bellator. You brought that topic up. I am curious what happened. Um, okay. So we're talking about Bellator 192 and the last UFC event. Uh, Famous Chael, Rampage. Mm-hmm. Oh. Everybody apparently comes to win something on that day. Uh, the <laughs> UFC wins the demo, but they also don't have the peak amount of viewers tuning in. It's a pay-per-view, so they probably made more money. Uh, the forum was packed by all accounts. You have a little bit of a beginning of momentum for Bellator so everybody kind of won like a demographic. So uh, for the very beginning of the Bellator Grand Prix, uh, we're at a very interesting place. And uh, I don't know that they were a little disappointed with the number because it did draw higher before. And with, you think, Rampage and Chael, those are two of their show ponies. Um, but yeah, there, I think there were, the article I read was everybody has a claim to winning some demographic. It's kind of like how in late night television – uh, you have Jimmy Fallon who wins the demo, but Stephen Colbert wins 
the giant amount of viewerships right now in millions. Um, however, he's closing the gap. So there is that. Okay. This is going to get more heated because I think some of the fights are significantly better than what we saw coming up. Now, obviously, Chael's dry. I don't know that Rampage is. So that's kind of where I'm sort of subtly hinting that I'm just, we'll see. It's kind of <laughs> where I'm at in terms of, I think they do have some more momentum in them, which would be kind of fun. Yep. And it's time for you and I to dive into more of a of a topic that I really you've you covered this. So if you're ever curious, Raph's thoughts on these types of events as we transition away from the grappling MMA world towards the music world, you can always follow Raph on any of the social medias to get his takes real time, and they're very good, especially combined with uh, his meme work. You have some thoughts on Bruno Mars winning album of the year. Mm-hmm. You're not a big fan? Or I guess, okay, is this sort of like trying to be a Michael Jordan and LeBron James fan? It's like you. most people just don't seem to be able to. So you've chosen your Michael Jackson. Are you insulted by that metaphor? Give me your thoughts. There's a lot, yes. there's a lot going around here. First of all, don't bring up Mike's name. I MJ's thought that, I thought the greatest of all time. The joke that I made yesterday was he did look a little bit Michael Jacksony, uh, specifically like the Michael Jacksony that's right around Thriller, where uh, maybe off the wall in that in between time. Um, and I said, you know what? The Grammys wasn't actually giving him an award; they were honoring the '70s Michael Jackson. So his Grammy totals will defer back to Michael Jackson's. Here's my thing on Bruno Mars. I feel like I'm supposed to like him more, but I never do. I feel like every time I see him perform, everybody loses their shit and they go, oh, my God, he's so good. And I go, yeah, I can kind of see that, but I, I'm not really impressed. And they're like, what do you mean you're not impressed? And I go, I mean, he plays well and he sings fine, but I don't feel anything. And they're like, oh, you don't feel like this funk. And I was like, never say that word again. <laughs> you don't. You don't get to say that word. But it, I just feel like. It's so – I don't know what it is. I feel like I have repellent to him and all of our our likes and loves check out. Like I know that our senses of what we enjoy uh, have to have a very large parallel uh, Venn diagram where they kind of come together and there's that midsection. When he shouted out Teddy Riley – Babyface and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I was like, fuck yeah, those are amazing people. And I'm glad we both like them, though I don't really <laughs> like their music, if I'm being so honest. Uh, but, you know, congrats to him because the sad part about it is, Kev, what people I think forget when they hear, oh, the Grammys, I hate those. And they go, okay. But then they watch and they go, why didn't Jay Z win? They give it to the pop guy usually or the really obscure guy every once in a while. It's, you know why you don't see Marshall Mathers say win a ton of Grammys for best album. But when they gave it to him yesterday, there was a very uh, – I think the best way to describe it was I haven't seen Jay-Z look that uncomfortable since he discovered the Lemonade album was about him. Because they cut to Bruno Mars paying respects to Jay-Z and going, hey, man, I just want to say thank you for inspiring me. And Jay-Z's like, yeah, dog, thanks. I've never won that. Cool. 
I've won some other shitty ones, but never that one. So I'm really <laughs> glad I inspired you to beat me. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, uh, as Dave Chappelle said, we're all winners. <laughs> I I want to bring up the political fun, and I'm just going to point this out. I'm not even going to like get angry here. Uh, there was a lot of political jokes and political statements, several of them not even made towards a specific party, even though they took it that way, which is even funnier to me. To see Nikki Haley tweet out, like, I just want to watch the Grammys and enjoy myself. <laughs> okay, that's great. Didn't enjoy that Hillary Clinton made a brief cameo. Didn't enjoy that they read Fire and Fury. But first, she's <laughs> never tweeted any of this when Donald Trump, her boss, has gone on any tirades about the people. So she doesn't seem to mind when government attacks music. She just minds when music uh, gives it a little bit back to the government, which I find <laughs> fucking fascinating and hypocritical, which also means it's a little sensitive. That book touches some nerves, which is really cracking me up. <laughs> it was like they gave it so much legitimacy. It's like they didn't even try and laugh it off. So it's uh, fantastic. I Hillary told Clinton's Kevin cameo that, was great. I told Kevin that I ordered it. And he was like, oh, really? And I go, yeah. And he was like, how is it? And I go, it reads like political fan fiction. So you think on one level you should just be able to dismiss it and go, it's a lie, right? <laughs> but the way in which they respond is uh, cease and desist. Okay, cool. Everything in there is a lie. Mm, are you sure? Because some of these things check out. <laughs> Not saying all of it, 100%, but I thought at the very end of it, though, Kev, there was one moment that when I really sat and thought about somebody going, you know, this guy's a journalist, and Trump saying, look at him. He's got a terrible record. He has no accuracy, and he has no legitimacy. All those other things are terrible. Everybody knows it. And I go, oh, my God. Is the guy who wrote that book fighting fire with fire if trump's whole thing is to delegitimize de anybody who says anything bad about him then why not have the person go torch him so to the point he goes that guy has no credibility and he's like i know neither do you look how much i can lie and get away with it calling <laughs> your bluff oops it is kind of great in that regard which is always which is always where we find ourselves in an interjection of some really weird topics. And that's kind of, I think, the Grammys further further articulated. This is going to keep happening. <laughs> well, problem. you know what, Kevin? I just want to watch the Grammys, and I don't want uh, political things to happen in there. Even when, well, if the country artists do it, it's fine. <laughs> I, well, I get it. It's like, imagine how badly I want to fucking turn on the news and not see my politicians whining about pop culture. Imagine that in a crazy world if you can. Oh, well, Professor Haley, is, Jesus. My favorite thing is uh, the people who go, you know, I just wish these stars would just keep their opinions to themselves. Because when I read those, they're the first people that I think, ditto. <laughs> I know. It is usually a lot of like uh, the the worst people always condemning an opinion. Mm -hmm. So it's like I I don't even want to hear. I just wish they would shut up. It's like interesting. And so it, is this also a Trump thing? Like each of the cabinet is going to pick a popular event and shit on it. It's been Pence and his numbers like really tubed 
after he took on Hamilton. You knew that's the case. Yeah, especially when he went to Hamilton. It's like he goes, Pence, you're really bad with the gays. Go get Broadway. (laughs) Terrible gay numbers. You've got bad gay numbers. (laughs) Well, Pence has, uh, I'm sure, excellent numbers with the gays that he's paid off for his sexual (laughs) services. But the weird part in terms of seeing the Haley thing and watching all of the uh, your Bruno Mars <laughs> stuff. It was like <laughs> yours came from such a place of honesty. I kind of got the feeling Nikki Haley's never watched the Grammys. because <laughs> It was like this This is no different than any other year in terms of artists making political statements. It's just when President Obama was, it was like we, we were talking about like things that were going on in Darfur or like really dire situations. Mm. Not like the U.S. economy and the, the racist person joke, but there's a and I, I get that that's a different type of severity, but they will they were still doing it. Bono, yeah. known for a little known act, doesn't matter. Yeah. The Grammys in general, I really have absolutely loved the. I think more so, and maybe you can tell me I'm wrong. Do people love to hate the Grammys the most of all? Yes. Okay. Oh, I actually didn't know that until yes. you just confirmed it. Because I was seeing everything today. It was like, people fucking hate the Grammy. Everyone hates the Grammy. And not hates, loves to hate. That's different. It goes back to, I mean, one of my first memories of it is on The Simpsons. Somebody threw an award out and it hits the squeaky teenager, you know, and Mr. Simpson, Keith Kikorian of a human being. And when it hits him, he goes, yeah, hey, I won an award. Oh, it's a Grammy. And he throws it back. <laughs> That's essentially how most people feel about the Grammys. However, we, I think we all like music. So music can transcend. Uh, not to me with Bruno Mars, but maybe everybody else. Also not country. If I'm being honest, those things just don't work for me. But they appeal to somebody. And I'm glad they get the opportunity to see them. Uh, you know, do I fast forward when I hear someone start to do a thing that sounds like 24 karat? Yeah, that's me. Even though I have been told by my wife, there's one guy in Bruno Mars's, and I, I understand some of you may try to read more into this, but don't. My wife says that there's one version of a guy who's a backup dancer who dances exactly like me. And so she'll be like, oh, it's black you. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> And I go and I looked at it. I go, oh, yeah, no, his dancing is kind of like me. I could see that. OK, that's cool. Um, but no, that does not make me like or dislike Bruno Mars. It's just something where I, I like root for that guy. And he's just the best hype man ever. I, when I saw it, I was like, did he win a Grammy, too? Did Black Me win a Grammy? Shit, that's pretty good. Oh, it's a Grammy. Oh, fuck. Uh <laughs> But people want to get behind it. Everybody has such a varied musical taste that it's entirely possible you might just like one performance. So you might be a very conservative person who's listening to this show and being like, I wish these fuckers would move on. But I'll fight you to the death if you say anything ill of Lady Gaga's performance. That sort of vibe. I, I hear you. And there were some good performances. I did enjoy, though, Bruno's slight shot at the ballads. That was just a little was getting a little slow, a little slow at times, but overall fantastic. And uh, I really enjoyed myself and I'm glad we took some time to talk about this final. I thoughts. felt it was good. Nothing is better. And I'm probably going to meme this pretty, pretty quickly. But Blue Ivy telling Beyonce to mom, quiet down, please. 
dead. How dare you embarrass me? Is uh, a meme, and I'll give it to you guys first. That's awesome. Uh, I'm gonna make the meme say, uh, "When someone wins by an advantage." It's just Beyonce clapping and Blue Ivy going, no, 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 mom, no. So anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, the Grammys are, I, I, it's an opportunity to see people perform. And, you know, the same thing. I bet you the people who were tuning in to the Royal Rumble saw the women go last. We're like, let's see what's going on over the Grammys. Oh, fucking Kesha. Oh, she can't sing. And it's like, it's not the point. It's not, you know. It's just like, yeah, I wish you could sing. Yeah, still. I mean, still sings better than you, probably. But uh, not the point. Anyway, moving on. Well, I mean, that's that's it for us tonight. Oh, we're done. We exhaust everything. Do we, we keep everybody till the end here, Kev? I, I think we did. I think we crushed <laughs> Grammy's coverage. People were like, that was everything I needed it to be. And be like, no problem. Happy I was really it. hoping Kevin was going to invert. The discussions that we had here is like, Raph, let's start with the Grammys. Uh oh. So long, Midwest. <laughs> well, hey, everybody, we're going to be right back talking about more Josh Near nearly killing the pirate. We're going to have it, and then the pirate nearly killed Josh Near. <laughs> and in between that, a little Grammys coverage. It's time for some shout outs. Uh, I will go ahead and kick this beast off. Uh, first to Blue Corner. Ben Nagano, it was such a pleasure to work for them. They were a real blast about things. And with Octavio Villanueva. Octavia. Octavio. You. He's a blast to work with on the live stream. To our friend Travis T-Money Conley, a ton of hard work and just like flying around, refereeing purple belts, trying to tackle him back under the mat. Really good stuff. <laughs> Commentating. With Ethan Day, Joe Wilk, Jason Bircher, three Kansas jiu-jitsu legends. I honestly could not have had more fun, Raph, getting to watch some of my favorite people fight, including a guy named John Hansen, who's one of my new favorite people to fight. He, uh, wow, authoritative dude from the Midwest. We'll talk more about him later, I am sure. And Raph, I can start going to Sunday jiu-jitsu now that I no longer work on it, and I'm almost there. That's Nogi Day, so just props again to Jubera for always giving me something to look forward to, even during these surgically impaired months. Shout out to my family, who, Raf now kind of love jiu-jitsu. Got excited by watching mm. the live stream. They came, they checked out the end of the tournament, and then they watched every second. House divided on whether Gi or Nogi is more interesting. They really <laughs> loved a worm guard lapel choke that was done. Mm. It was actually, he set up a lapel, he did like a worm guard sweep, and then he took the lapel, wrapped it, and did an Ezekiel with it, which was really That's badass. awesome. It was bad. This was pretty awesome. So those were some highlights, and those are my shout-outs, and I really appreciate everyone who tuned in. That's going to do it for me, Ref. I love that. Uh, I almost wanted to be like, you know, in, in the uh, grand theme of Grammys, part of me wants to... Uh, have like a bumper for this one that shout out should be the shout shout let it all out and i will here are my shout outs this week i, I know you guys don't uh love tears for fears but i wanted to shout educate the children all out. <laughs> and i, I, I love i call um that vocal i call that vocal 80s flat 
because it works for a number of different artists. So you do shout, shout, don't you want me, baby? It's, just, it's essentially David Bowie doing all of them, but rest in peace, David Bowie. Let's do this. Let's start by shouting out Valley Martial Arts Center. Mac. Very excited that good stuff is going on. I want to uh, shout out our good friend Jake, who's going to be joining us at VMAC, just signed up this week. He's been training with us over at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, which I also want to shout out. And uh, a shout out to them. Uh, I've got some breaking news here, Kev. Hmm. Uh, the news is this. You guys are privy to knowing this first, but there's going to be a seminar with the Hayden brothers at the LH Jitsu Club on February 18th out here in Los Angeles. Holy Keep shit. an ear and an eye on our page for more information coming up very shortly. But I would say if you have a calendar, maybe book the evening on that Sunday evening to go, you know, hang out with us. I think it uh, would be fun. So uh, go ahead and pull that together. The last time they came, everybody loved their seminar. So I'm giving you guys the heads up first because you my peoples or you my peeps. I don't know how you want to say it. but that's Five stars on iTunes. Our peeps. Five stars there. And uh, yeah, we're very excited to have them come back. And uh, I want to say this. I am very excited. I will be in Arizona this upcoming weekend. So if you guys have tips on where to train in Arizona, hit me up. Uh, I, I got a slew of recommendations. I'm going to try and make my way through. Um, you know, when I'm not getting super toasted at this wedding, but I'm very excited for that. And, uh, I'll be out there for a couple days and it'll be a good time. So hopefully I get the opportunity to see our good Arizona brethren out that way. And Kev, it's going to do it for me. That'll do it for us tonight here at verbal tap. I'm Kevin. Thank you for listening. And, uh, I am a GSP. <laughs> And I'm still broken up. <laughs> no, you're the man, JSP. Ignore the haters. No, we, you're I a staple. I lost my title. And we love you. Uh, 